Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crappy Christian. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids, And come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Brittany, hey, welcome to the show. Hi, Blake. Thanks so much for having me. We were literally just saying we've tried to do this. And now we're finally new book, new topic. Mm -hmm. We're doing it. So we're doing it. We're finally doing it. So introduce yourself to everybody. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself and about your book that you have out. Yeah. Yeah. My name is Brittany Russ and I have been in ministry for about 20 years. Started out in the church, love the local church, was a pastor in my local church, but a couple of years ago, stepped out in faith and started a ministry called Truth and Grace Ministries where we talk about the hard stuff, which you're very familiar with. I love what you do. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so started that ministry, write write some books, do some videos, do the things. And my most recent book is a book called Hopeful Devotions for Healing After Miscarriage. And what took place in my life, where this book came from, it started about three years ago. I already had one little boy. His name is Roman. He's actually turns four in a couple weeks. Uh, I know. I'm so excited. And he was one. And my husband and I were going through the hardest season of our lives. We had just suffered a really difficult betrayal ministry. Mm-hmm. And I was in a place where I was really wrestling with God. You know, why did this happen? Some people had really hurt me that I trusted and I was just really struggling. And I, in just totally unexpected, take a pregnancy test because I noticed that I noticed the signs, right? We were not trying and it came back positive. And I was just so happy because for me, it was this ray of just sunshine in a really Mm -hmm. dark season of my life where I just had hope again. Mm -hmm. And it was just such a blessing to our family. We, you know, started doing the planning. We, uh, I went to my first ultrasound at eight weeks and there was a strong heartbeat. Everything was looking great. I honestly had no reservations. Uh, you know, kind of like my first pregnancy, I was always afraid, right? Like what's going to happen, but I had such a healthy pregnancy that I went into the second really with no fear and went to the first ultrasound. It looked great. I planned our maternity photo shoot to announce it to all of our friends. I pulled out my maternity bin. I had ordered a pregnancy journal. I was ready. 
Yeah. And I went in two weeks later for a dating ultrasound just to get the exact measurements. When would the baby be born? And I went in and the ultrasound tech was just silent throughout the whole process. And I thought, well, they're just a tech. So maybe they're just, they don't give a lot of feedback. And she shuts off the machine and she goes, and she goes, okay, you're done. I'm like, well, hey, so do you, can you at least tell me like where I'm measuring? She's like, yeah, your baby's measuring at nine and a half weeks. I was like, okay, great. And she's like, but your midwife will call you. So I'm next day I'm driving to work in the morning and I see my midwife's number pop on my phone and I start getting really nervous. Mm. And I answer the phone and she tells me that my baby had stopped growing at nine and a half weeks and there was no longer a heartbeat. And I just, I literally screamed in my car. Mm -hmm. Like I just screamed. I didn't know what else to do. And I just dropped the phone. I turned around the car. I went home. I got on the couch and I really didn't leave that couch for two days mm-hmm. outside of doing what I needed to do. Cause I saw a one-year-old, I saw right? a one-year-old to take care of, but it really sent me into a really, really dark place on top of where I already was spiritually, mentally, just emotionally. Right Now right. to add this on, you know, to go through this, I literally hit it was a rock bottom in my life, like truly the darkest season of my life. And I went through a season of really wrestling with God. Mm -hmm. Like, God, why would you do this to me? Like, these are honest questions. Like, God, why would you do this to me? Why would you take my baby? Like, what did I do wrong? Did I, did I sin? Did I mess up? Like I went through all the questions, right? Like, is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with my body? Like the whole gamut. I went through that. And you know, I really wrestled with God in that season, even doubting him, not doubting him and whether he was real or not, just, but just doubting his goodness for me. Like I knew the promises in scripture that God is good. Right. But then I started doubting, but are they good for me? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's meant for other women, other people that maybe you love more than me, but maybe there's something wrong with me. And so just two days did not get off the couch. But then the first thing that I, God whispered to my heart as I was on the couch, just weeping and mourning and grieving, it was so, it wasn't audible, but it was almost audible where God just spoke to my heart. Jesus wept Mm. and it's the shortest verse in the Bible. But to me, it was, it's one of the most vulnerable representing the humanity of Jesus and that he weeps with us. And Mm -hmm. he knows like what we're feeling. He knows what we're going through. I'm not alone in this season that God is with me, that God is mourning with me. And that really started a journey for me of healing. And we could talk about that more, but that's, you know, was the catalyst for me stepping forward into healing. And today I am so grateful that I can proclaim that God has healed me, that God has done a great work in my life, that I can now have joy and gratitude for my child without that sharp pain of grief, mm-hmm. do I, I still mourn? Yes. But God has just done such a huge work in my life. And I believe that he can do that for other women too. Mm-hmm. Um, if we take the journey with him. Well, and I think that thankfully this conversation is becoming more public and more common. We are discussing loss. We're discussing miscarriage. We're discussing that within the church because yeah. historically the church isn't great about talking about things that they're uncomfortable mm-hmm. with. Yeah. But I think that I feel like it's still, and you just hit on this perfectly, like the opposite of, I 
feel like sometimes the conversation is still kind of ambiguous, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. still just these terms of like pain and healing. And I think that it leaves a lot of women kind of wanting, right? Like when you're in the depths of that kind of despair and grief, I sometimes I need somebody to identify, like, I need you to tell me what I'm believing. I need you to tell, like, or at least say what you believed so that I can try to identify it for myself. Mm -hmm. And so I appreciate that your lead into this conversation isn't, I was in pain and God healed me. It's no, I didn't believe God was good. I did. I was questioning if he was good, if he, why he would do this to me. And I think more women will find like freedom and healing if we'll mm-hmm. actually talk about like the deep down like ugly that comes after that kind of loss whether it's miscarriage whether it's the loss of a child mm-hmm. like there just isn't a pain really like that in my mm-hmm. opinion you know I've we didn't actually lose a child but we almost did and that was enough mm-hmm. you know for us and mm-hmm. so I can remember sitting in the, the hospital hallway and being like yo god what the hell like what yeah Literally, that was like all I could get out was what the hell? What? Yeah. My brain is swimming. Grief is winning. Where, where are you? What, what are you doing? You know? So through these conversations and through writing this book, have you kind of identified some of the things that women tend to battle in terms of like the lies that they're believing? Sure. You know, some of those lies, and I probably went through about just every single one of them trying to rationalize, like I was trying to rationalize the loss, right? Right, right. We can't rationalize the loss, like things happen, but tried to rationalizing it a lot. I went to, okay, well, I, I, I was sick last week. Like literally, this is what I was thinking. I had been sick the week before and I was still working out on top of that. So I'm thinking, did I do this right by pushing my body to work out when I was sick? You know, so then I'm thinking I did this to me. Like this is my fault for pushing my body. Or I thought about, is there a sin in my life? Did I mess up God? Are you disappointed with me? For me, then I'm rationalizing. Is it a punishment for something Mm. that I did? in my life. Women will think there's something wrong with their body. Am I not capable? Am I not, am I not fully a woman? Am I not Mm -hmm. able to mother? Am I not? And then is that a punishment? Exactly. Right. It goes back to, you know, I understand in grief and in pain, we want to rationalize, like, why is this happening? Because we think that by finding an answer, we'll find peace, Mm. but peace isn't found in the answer. Peace is found in Christ. And so I had to, at some point, let go of trying to rationalize why did this happen? And for women, I know we like to have maybe to be able to figure some things out, but we have to also be in a place where we have to be okay with not having all the answers. Mm -hmm. And um, so, but again, like just going to those places of what did I do wrong? Was this a punishment? Am I not meant to be a mother? Um, that plays in our minds. And then we go to a place of doubting God's goodness, right? Mm -hmm. Like, why would you do this to me? God, I've been faithful. Like I thought that like, God, I've been faithful to you. I've been serving even through all this crap. Like, yeah, all this darkness I've been walking through where people have drugged me through the mud and I've been betrayed. I've been faithful. And this is how, like, it felt like this is how you're going to reward me. Like, this, yeah. is, this is what's going to happen to me. Like, these are all really real thoughts. And I think that's why sometimes women hide from sharing these stories of miscarriage, right? We don't talk about it a lot. And I think it's because women maybe feel guilty for wrestling with these thoughts 
but I want you to know that that's normal. That's a part of the process, right? Is to get in there with God and to ask those questions and to wrestle with him because only in the wrestling and in the asking and in the questions, can we come to a place with God where we find that peace? If we're trying to sweep it under the rug, act like it didn't happen, move on and not deal with it. We're not really going to experience the healing that God wants to do in our life unless we face it. Right. Yes. Well, and that guilt and shame are such bastards, right? Like there's just no other way to say it. Like it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that impacts women, regardless of you, if you have had a miscarriage or not, I think sometimes I think that these lies know no bounds, right? Mm -hmm. They, yes, they absolutely I think, can I intensify and be focused in the conversation of miscarriage, but something bad happens and our response is, I did this. I caused this. Something Mm -hmm. bad happens and we respond with God is punishing me. Something Mm -hmm. bad happens and we respond with doubting God's goodness. And Mm -hmm. I love what you said that we think an answer will bring peace when the reality is, is that peace is a person and Mm -hmm. peace is a person that we have unfettered access to yeah you know Mm -hmm. and so but I don't think that that means we don't wrestle and we don't grapple you know Mm -hmm. and that's a whole nother side of this conversation right there's the people who grapple with it in the dark and in the quiet and don't ever let anybody know and then there's the people that don't even let themselves ask the hard questions because they think that's Mm -hmm. bad yep Mm -hmm. you know they think if I ask these hard questions of God then he is gonna be mad at me you know right Right. And I, I mean, yeah, there's a balance. You, at some point, yes, wrestle with God and come to him with those questions because God can handle it. He knows that you're feeling that anyway. So it's not like by not saying it, God doesn't know, like, no, right. he knows. So bring it out and talk to him about it rather than hiding it in. But then at some point you have to come to look at his promises and to stand on his promises over the feelings. Don't negate your feelings. Don't hide your feelings. But like David, he wrestles in the Psalms where, why are you cast down, oh, my soul? But then he gets himself into a place, but hoping God. Sometimes yes, the I next feel verse. This way. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes David is all over verse. the place. <laughs> I know. I love it. Me too. <laughs> I, feel, I feel related. Um, like I can relate to him. The world is crazy and more and more it feels like everything is kind of on fire. And the reality is you likely need someone to talk to about it. If traditional therapy just hasn't been a fit for you or you haven't been able to make it work, I wanted to tell you about Faithful Counseling, an online Christian therapy option that's significantly cheaper and more accessible than traditional counseling. Faithful Counseling matches you with a counselor based on your needs, allows you to meet via text, phone call, or video call, and they price on a sliding scale. So to find out more and get 10 off your first month, visit getfaithful.com slash crappy Christian and start talking to a therapist today. Okay, you guys know I'm always recommending books to you. It's kind of my job. And as much as I love sitting down and actually reading a book, that hardly ever happens. Instead, I listen to them on Audible when I'm in the car, when I'm doing dishes, sometimes even when I'm working out. Right now, I'm listening to A Mind of Your Own by Kelly Brogan definitely put that one on your list. But the way Audible works is you pay $15 a month, you get one credit that you can use on a book. And if you don't use that credit, it rolls over to the next month for up to a year. So since you're a listener of Confessions of a Crappy Christian, you can get a free 30 day trial of Audible. 
All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash crappy Christian. You can pick your first audiobook for free today. And if you aren't sure what book to start with, I always suggest When to Walk Away by Gary Thomas. So just go to audibletrial.com slash crappy Christian to start your free 30 day trial. Okay, let's get back to the show. But he gives us this example and like Job, where you can wrestle with God and you can ask the hard questions. He can handle it. He wants that from you. But then at some point you can't just sit there right. and continue to think that and to continue to doubt God, but you have to, at some point, put your hope in God and stand on his promises and mm-hmm. just believe in those promises, regardless of what you feel to say that, no, my God is bigger than my feelings. I know that my God loves me. My God cares about me. And to stand on those promises. And that's what I started to do is even, yes, I feel this way, God, I feel hopeless. I honestly don't want to get out of bed. I'm questioning my calling. I am struggling to even take care of my one-year-old. Cause then at that point too, this is all overflowing onto my one-year-old. Right. And just being like, God, I need your help. And that's when he spoke those words. Jesus wept to me to remind me that even in my deepest grief, that God was with me and that yeah. God cared about me and that God saw me and was mourning with me and that I wasn't alone. And from that place, then I was able to start, okay, what are some other promises in scripture that I can stand on in this season and just start trusting God for? So what did that look like? So you kind of do the wrestling, you do the hard questions, you're honest with God about your doubts. What did kind of, I want to start moving towards hope and healing and believing what God has said, what did that look like for you? Well, you know, for me, what I've learned in life is that you can't hide from your grief and you can't sweep things under the rug. So first and foremost, I know that I couldn't just act like try to move on. And I'm not saying that this is wrong, but I think sometimes women try to get pregnant immediately to try to cover up the pain by Mm. thinking, okay, if I just get pregnant again, I can move on and get past this. And I'm not saying that that's wrong, but I'm saying, are you allowing space for God to heal you in this place before you move on? And for me, I needed to sit in it. I needed Mm -hmm. to sit in the pain. I wasn't going to just move on and try to get pregnant again. I was going to sit in it and ask God. And really for me, the, what I did is instead of asking God, why did this happen and try to rationalize it? I then changed my question to be like, okay, God, this is happening. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. But show me what I can learn about you and about myself and about what you just have for me in this season of life. And I, that's the question that we have to shift in our minds whenever we're walking through a hard season is to go from questioning why is this happening to questioning, God, what can I learn about you and about myself in this Mm -hmm. season? Like opening yourself up to God, I want to grow through this. I want to learn. I don't want this season to be a waste because I hit it and I didn't do anything with it. Like I want to find value and what you have for me. I want to find you. So God, help me to see what you want me to see and to learn about you and about myself and about this season. And that to me really helped to shift that question. Yeah, exactly. And I appreciate that you were like, I just, I needed to feel this. Like I needed to be where I was because I think like I was saying earlier I think sometimes women try to skip over that part present Mm -hmm. company included like I don't want to do the hard I don't want to do the pain can we just skip straight to healing yeah I think that can Mm -hmm. be really difficult when you haven't looked at 
how you actually feel. Because I, I've from personal experience been like, mm, yeah, I'm done with this part. Let's go on to the good part. Let's go on to the healing. Yeah. And then a year later, it all revs back up again. And it's because you never actually dealt with the pain. And especially I think the lies. And I heard mm-hmm. a pastor once share that you can't just dig out lies. Like you have, you can't just dig out lies. You have to replace them with truth, but you also can't just lay mm. truth on top of lies. Mm, that's good. You know, and that you have to be willing to do the painful work of digging it out. Why do I believe this? Why, when this bad thing happened, was my response, God isn't good? Mm. There's something deeper. There's a root there that mm-hmm. scripture and maybe counseling and conversation will help you dig out. And then you can lay on top of it or, or fill that hole with the truth that. God has never failed me. He has never forsaken me. He has always been who he said Mm -hmm. he was. And that that, like visual and analogy has been like really helpful for me because I think you have two responses. There are people that just want to stay there. And then there's Mm -hmm. people that just want to lay healing on top of hurt. And it's a bandaid instead of stitches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a, you make a good point of you have to, I know that God's good. Like you have to go over and think about God has not failed me before, right? Right. I've had hard seasons before where I doubted, but God always came through. God was always there for me. I can look back and see God's faithfulness in my life. So why am I doubting him now? Like he's proven himself to be good and to be faithful, even in the hard. He's proven that he can use the messy for good. And so I know that he can use this for good too, that he is here with me. And sometimes we just have to start reminding ourselves when we're discouraged of all the ways that God has been good to us. And that can really help shift your perspective from focusing on the hard and the circumstances to focusing on a really good God Mm -hmm. who wants to be there and to show up for you. Yeah. I I think it's, is it Haley Morgan that her book is preach truth to yourself? That's her whole thing is like, you have to preach it to yourself. Yeah. Cause sometimes nobody else is. The truth I mean, that's what David and, did, right? Exactly. Yeah. But that's what I love about David. David is my favorite because he's a mess. Mm-hmm. And he was one of, he was known as a man after God's own heart. And so I'm yeah. like, look, yo, if David can be lamenting and tearing his robes one verse and the next be, you know, praising the glory of God, I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> like I'm, yeah. God is okay with the range of my emotions. Yeah, he really is. And I, you know, sometimes too, I think we are nervous to express those doubts and questions because we feel like other women don't wrestle with that. I've even uh-huh. at times shared hard stuff and another woman's been like, yeah, I didn't really go through that. And then it makes me feel kind of like, oh, am I messed up for wrestling with that? No, and it's yeah. Like, no, it's actually pretty normal. And it's okay to, to talk to, you know, God about what you're feeling. And also I will say, talk to some godly women in your life who can help you work through that. I've gone through really hard seasons before where I tried to do it on my own because I didn't want to burden people or, you know, I was afraid of what people would think. And those are really hard seasons because I was trying to do it in isolation. It makes the hard harder. It really does. And I mean, that's where the enemy wants you to be right in isolation, but in community, like that's where God designed this for community. And I, I look back and I had the most incredible support system in my life in that season that surrounded me in prayer who encouraged me, who strengthened me. Sometimes if you haven't gone through a miscarriage, you might be afraid. Well, I don't know what to say to that person. So I, I'm just not going to, I'm going to keep some distance. 
you can still show up just by saying, I'm praying for you. I love you. I care about you, but don't isolate yourself because it's going to be really hard to work through that and to, and to find that healing apart from community. Like you need that. So I would encourage women don't do it alone, but find some godly women who can surround you in that season of life. Absolutely. And people that are, have been here for any amount of time know I am a huge fan of counseling, huge Mm -hmm. fan of therapy. So I've told the story a few times, like very natural version. Our now six-year-old almost died when she was 13 months old. She had a 35 minute seizure and then was OD'd on Ativan and they couldn't tell us if she was going to live. And if she lived, was she going to be a vegetable, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I don't know if I would still be upright if I hadn't gone to counseling after that. Mm -hmm. And so that is honestly a whole nother podcast episode of like the stigmas around counseling and, and why we don't get help because yeah, talking to to other women and and that experience is so important. I don't think Mm -hmm. none of these exist in a vacuum, right? Talking to God and wrestling with him, talking to other women and being honest, getting help and getting counseling. Like all of those things work together. They do. To help Mm -hmm. us heal. Yeah. There's not like there's a, it's cut and dry or a specific formula to healing. There are definitely things that help like the community and talking Mm -hmm. to God and counseling. I mean, I did go to counseling after I lost the kid because I had lost a child on top of everything else. And I didn't know where to go, like where to start processing. So I did the counselor to help me ask the right questions and to process what I was going through. And it helps so much. So I'm yeah. a huge advocate for it, but there are definitely things you can do to kind of start that process of healing that can really be beneficial for you. Okay. So let's say somebody's listening and they're resonating with what you're saying about being kind of in the dark place, or they know someone and love someone that they are. Cause those first steps can be the most, like mm-hmm. the scariest ones and the most overwhelming So how do you like encourage women to start that journey of healing? So I think it goes back to asking the questions and wrestling with God, like just expressing all the emotions that you have, just getting it out there, Uh, journaling it. I I, I find journaling is very therapeutic for me to help me process what I'm feeling. So share it with God, journal, talk about it, get out all the doubts and get out all the questions. And once you've expressed that, then start, you know, replacing all of that with truth. Like you talked about, like just filling, digging that out and putting truth in the place. And mm-hmm. that's what I did. I started just finding, you know, promises in scripture that reminded me of who God really is and what he desired for me. And, and then I just, you know, I kept doing the work, going to counseling, talking about it, getting a community to this day, you know, it's been actually two days ago, we would have been the day I would have had the baby two years ago. So two days ago would have been the two year anniversary of when we would have had the baby. And it was a hard day, you Mm -hmm. know, because I'm thinking I should be celebrating a second birthday today. Like the pain doesn't ever go away, right? You can find in replacement of the pain and the grief, joy and gratitude for the time that you did have with that child. And actually every year on May 10th, we celebrate the day that the baby would have been born. We do a family day to celebrate that that child is still a part of our family. Right. And we love each other. And we remind ourselves that like we're together and we, and we just celebrate the life that we did have in that child. And, you know, I think you can move forward and there will come a time that when you can, you'll, 
still miss your child, but you can you can have joy and gratitude. But that really just comes with it does come with some time, but it comes mm-hmm. with just again replacing your putting truth over yourself or you know over yourself. Honestly, too, I found a lot of peace in knowing that my beating my child was not robbed from me. It was just mm. delayed. Yeah. You know, beating my child wasn't robbed from me that it's only delayed because I know that in Christ, I have this hope that one day I am going to see my child again. Like that child is in heaven with Jesus. Also what gave me comfort is knowing that that child never will have to experience grief, sadness, hunger, pain, coldness, like ever. Like to me, that is such a gift for that child to only experience like the presence of God. And I, I, I find uh, you know, it, it's hard for me because I don't get to spend that time with my child on earth, but man, what a joy knowing the gift that they have with Jesus yeah. right now. And one day I'll get to meet my child in the presence of God. And that's going to be a beautiful reunion. So we can also just remind ourselves that this isn't the end of the story. It hasn't been robbed from you that one day you, if you love and believe in Jesus Christ, that you are going to heaven and that you will get to meet your child one day. And that's yeah. the hope that you carry with you on earth. Amen. You were, you mentioned this earlier that sometimes women don't know what to say. And what you just said is part of what I usually, the comfort that I try to offer is meeting your kid is just delayed that you have a kid in heaven. And, and like, I think women need to be reminded of that. So I'm thankful that mm-hmm. you, you said that tell people where they can get a hold of your book mm-hmm. and where they can find and follow you online. Yeah, the book, and I will say this is in the book, it's 52 devotions. Yeah. And I'm sorry, 60 devotions. It's 60 devotions. And so I actually, we actually walk through a healing process. Love that. So there's so much more to the, to the story, right? But we actually walk through scripture and the process and promises to really bring you through to that place of hope again. And so it's a beautiful journey. I'm sharing all the things that I personally learned in my process all the scripture that helped me through the process. So it's called hopeful devotions for healing after miscarriage. You can find it on Amazon. You can go to my website, BrittanyRest.com, mm-hmm. and you can find it there as well. And, and links to where you can get it. And then, yeah, just come over to BrittanyRest.com. Find me there. I'm on Instagram at Brittany rest. And I would just love to connect with you. Awesome. Brittany, thank you so much for sharing your heart and uh, having this conversation. I know it gets easier, but I don't think it's ever actually easy. And so I'm really mm-hmm. thankful. Yeah. Thank you for creating this space for women to talk about this and, and to wrestle with it. I think that that's important. And hopefully there's a woman out there listening. They can find some just encouragement and hope from this podcast and start the journey to healing. Absolutely. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.